0: Many of us can get really interested in a sermon on rest. As a matter of fact, I'm guessing some of us would rather I just dim the shades, turn out the lights, and give you an opportunity to practice what I'm about to preach. As I've been thinking all week about rest, I found that the word that is translated as rest in today's scripture reading, is not referring to napping or sleeping. The word rest literally means a strategic work stoppage. While I was in college, I worked for several months for the big brown trucks. Now please don't Blame me for your misdelivered packages. I worked in the sorting center in Lenexa. And the north and the south sides of that building is where the trucks would back in that needed to be unloaded and sorted. And rollers would be extended into the back of these semi-trailers. And one or two workers would go into the trailer and put the packages on these rollers and send them out as fast as they could. And these rollers then would dump onto a conveyor belt that ran in front of 12 of us sorters. We have since been replaced by scanners and levered arms to do everything that we used to do. But behind each sorter was six conveyor belts that, depending on if we put the package on the right or the left-hand side of that conveyor belt, the package would go to one of 12 conveyor belts that would carry them to a truck to be loaded to be brought out to Emporia or to Denver or to any of the other centers. And as these packages would come out of the trailers and down the conveyor belt, um, there were removable stop bars. Because you can imagine if there's two people in the truck and one person on the aisle, it may be difficult for that one person to keep up. So sometimes the conveyor belt would run in front of (coughs) two, three, four sorters, And then there would be a stop bar, and the packages couldn't go any further down the conveyor belt. And it was up to the sorter to keep up with all of the packages that were coming down the belt before they were caught by the stop bar and would roll off the belt onto the floor. Now, occasionally, a sorter would get buried by the volume of packages at his stop bar. And he would face a decision. Either I lift the stop bar and allow my work to go on to the next guy, or, which he would be shamed for not carrying his weight, or there was a large red button placed in a junction box suspended from the ceiling. Packages coming, I'm buried up to my waist, and I, I, I'm too shamed to pass my packages on to the next guy. After all, he's dealing with his unloaders too. And so every once in a while, we were empowered to hit that big red button. And if any of the sorters hit the big red button, that absolutely stopped all conveyor belts. I was told there was two miles worth of conveyor belts in our center. And all work came to a strategic stop. That's why many of your boxes arrive mangled. Because the packages fall off the belt, bury waist deep. Imagine a sorter buried to his waist in packages trying to take packages off this conveyor and to put it on one of these six. And he can't take a step in any way because he's buried. So yes, there was one time in my months there And since I was on the safety team, I felt like I had had an excuse. It's a safety issue for me to trip all over these packages. And I hit the big red button, and supervisors came running from everywhere. Why did you stop the workflow? Why did you stop the workflow? Many of us find ourselves on the sort aisle. The stop bar is your clock, And the sword aisle is your calendar. We each must determine when we're going to keep on working, when we're going to pass the work to the next guy, and when it comes time to stop all progress. What we have today is God stops all work. But He doesn't do it because He is exhausted. God does not stop work because He is overwhelmed by the volume. He doesn't stop the work simply because the whistle declares the day is done. God stops working because the work is completed. And because the work is completed, He's able to look back on a finished job and take joy and take pleasure in a job well done. I've heard it said that man works from son to sun, but a woman's work is... You heard that too. When I was in a restaurant in high school, I was introduced to the phrase, Time to lean, time to... All right. You can tell she works in the kitchen. She's told her workers that. See, there will always be more work that we can justify to just keep pushing on. But the example is set for us by God to divide your work into manageable pieces, to work those pieces, and to celebrate when each piece is completed. He said, day one, this is what I'm going to do. He could have kept on creating. He, God could have done all six days in one. But he divided up his work. He says, this is what I'm going to do today. And I stop. And I say, that's good. Then he took on the next chunk. He finished it, looked at it, said, that's good. And he does this as instruction for us, that we would divide up the work, because there's always more work that could be done. But to divide up the piece, to complete that piece, and then to take pleasure in it being finished. This celebration of the completed work is what I want us to use as our definition of rest. Rest is not a nap. Rest is a celebration of completed work. See, we've all had those nights when our brain just won't shut down. And we've had those nights when sweet, sound sleep came as soon as our heads hit the pillow. Because there's always more that could be done. But can we stop? Can we say, I've done a good day's work? and take pleasure in that day. As I look in front of me and I look at these verses, I think the first thing we need to do is find that rest is defined. Rest is defined in taking that joy in a job well done. But we also see in the pages of Scripture that what God intended to be a blessing got turned into a burden by others. God intends for us to celebrate the things that we complete. He intends for us to celebrate the work that is done. But some people have taken that celebration and they have robbed it of every ounce of joy and celebration. So... Jesus had to remind people in Mark chapter 2, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. And sometimes man has, has placed extra rules, well, this is how you have to do the Sabbath. And some of us who were raised in more conservative traditional families have been told, don't do that on Sunday." Don't do that on Sunday. Save that for Monday. And sometimes it becomes a burden, and sometimes, to be honest, Sunday has turned into rather dreary. (sighs) I wish it was Monday. At least I could play football with my friends on Monday. See, man turned what was meant to be a day of celebration and remembrance into a list of rules. Jesus was frequently shamed by the religious leaders for not following their rules of what to do on the Sabbath. But I I also see in front of me, as I look at these verses in Genesis chapter 2, a lesson. A lesson that you may have heard from mom, dad, boss, coach. We work first and we play later. Because notice with me, Look at verses 1 and 2, before the word rest ever appears, there's a word that appears twice. What word do you see in verses 1 and 2 that appears twice before rest ever appears? Finished. God finished His work, then He rested. Now, we can't finish what was never started. So we must have initiative to early to bed, early to rise, makes a man. You've had the same fortune cookies that I have. See, we have to start the job if we ever hope to finish the job. And when we finish the job, we can look back and we can celebrate in a job well done. But some never want to get started. Just like the television commercial, about the guys who are worried about leaving the parking lot before they ever get into the stadium? I've had coworkers who asked about breaks before the day ever started. When do I get my break? When, when am I going to be given a break? And some, some of us are more focused on the breaks than we are on the work that we break from. what I see in the scripture in front of us is that God had finished, God had completed, God had established creation in such a way that it has run ever since. He could have, but he did not need to, create other stars. He could have, but he chose not to create other planets. He could have, But he chose not to create other species of animals. See, creation's purpose was established. And we saw how the the sun and the moon and and the rest of the stars are set for us for signs and for seasons. We saw how he created swarming things that fed other beings. We saw how how the earth brought forth foliage so that animals could eat. And then one animal eats another animal eats another animal. And then he puts man over all of it. And God says, this is a system that'll work. We don't need to change the system. We don't need to add to the system. The system doesn't need to evolve. God says, this is a good system. Let it run. See, mankind hasn't always understood the system. Our calendar changed from 13 lunar cycles to 12 Solar months. And even with that, we still have to add a day every four years just to recalibrate our systems because our systems of marking time are not in jive with God's system that just keeps on rolling and rolling and rolling. God placed the planets and the stars in such a way that they all serve His purpose. And we have astronomers who can track the cycles hundreds of years back. And they've made predictions moving into the future based upon the consistency and the regularity of the cycles that God established. See, God set it all in motion, and then he says, That's good. That's I'll rest now. I'll stop working on what's already there. On day seven, God took pleasure in the systems that he had established, so then he established another system for us to replicate. And that is, rest was modeled for us. Rest is taking pleasure in what's completed, and God says, because I rest, you should rest also. Because God could have just kept on going. God never sleeps. God does not grow weary. He didn't rest because he was tired. He didn't rest because he saw a hammock over between two palm trees and says, that looks like where I want to be. God didn't rest because he was exhausted. He could have kept on going. The Energizer Bunny has become a cultural icon of something that just... On going and going, and going, and going, with never stopping. And while long-lasting batteries are a blessing, ongoing work is a stress that man was never intended to endure. Before man had an opportunity to work the garden, God set an example. You're going to work for six days. And then all of the work is going to stop on that seventh. And you can celebrate what you've done the previous six. You know, we we seem to idolize the person who has no stop in him. But that's not the example that was modeled by our God. He says, you will work and then cease working. Because you will find that we can get more done in 12 work days if number seven is set aside for rest than we can if we just power through and work 13 straight. See, if God did not rest because he was tired, why did he rest? Have you ever butted up against a problem that you just couldn't get through? But you take a strategic break, you walk away from it, get another cup of Diet Dr. Pepper, then you return with a fresh creativity to encounter that problem that had created a log jam. See, by ceasing our work and walking away from it, we admit that we need advice or inspiration or help or assistance from outside of ourselves. We've all seen toddlers that say, I can do it. I can do it. And sometimes we look just as foolish before God. When we take upon ourselves, I can do it, I can do it. When he says, take a break. Stop the work. Celebrate what you have done. And you can always come back to this tomorrow. See, many of us have committed a percentage of income that we donate to the Lord's work. And I've been told more times than I can count that people will say, when I give God His portion up front, He makes the 90% go further than I could have with the 100%. And many of us have found that when we set aside time to honor the Lord... As you have to be here this morning, he makes the rest of our work week so much more productive. That's what one business consultant calls sharpening the axe. Our colleges divide the learning cycle in different than primary and secondary schools. Some school districts divide into semesters or quarters. Others divide into trimesters. Weather forces adjustments to these plans of study days. But this week in many of our families is an example of a time where educators have planned out by, by this time of the year, you ought to, be, you ought to have completed these tasks so that by year end, you will have finished the course. And many teachers are using this week to evaluate where they have been and how they need to adjust to get the work finished by early or mid-May. And that's the value of Sabbath. When we rest, celebrate what we did last week, and say, what do I need to do next week? As I divide up the sections, I work those sections, and then I celebrate when those sections are complete. See, God doesn't only define and model rest. God sets rest aside as a very special blessing. In verse 3 of Genesis 2, we see that rest is blessed. When I look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, I see a place where God prepares a rest for them. Them in this situation is the Hebrew children. God prepared a rest for them, which we read in Deuteronomy chapter 6 before the Jews went into the promised land, God told them. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you, with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, When you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord. Because He's the one that brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. As they go into this promised land, God had prepared for them houses, cities, cisterns, gardens. Because the scripture tells us that one person plants and another person waters, but it is God who gives the increase. And then he distributes that increase as he desires. You probably drove to church today on a road that you did not build. But it was easier for you to get to church because that road was there. And God created a system. He set the system into place and he put people in place at the right time according to his will so that you were able to get to church this morning on a at least 50% what people would call a road. Because God had gone before, he prepared a rest for the children of Israel. But I also believe when I read the pages of scripture that God has prepared a rest For us. We'll see that in Hebrews chapter 4. But before we get to Hebrews chapter 4. To talk about our rest. I think of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul knew. That God had laid out a course for him. And while there were still things on Paul's personal bucket list. Paul looked forward to the day that he would rest. Because he had finished God's course for his life. He wrote to young Timothy, I have fought the good fight. Read with me. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So he knew that there was a rest following his finishing. And that same rest is prepared for each of us who will run the race that God intends for us. Because we read in Hebrews chapter 4, "...so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by some sort of disobedience. When we keep on working rather than enjoying what God has provided... We're disobedient. God said, I'll work six, I'll rest a seventh. And you ought to do the same. But 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 Dave, you don't understand. There's there so much work to do. After all, you know, the, the cows got out and the fence is down, or or the creek overflowed, or you you don't understand. There's always more work that can be done. God said, Rest. Celebrate what you have done. And divide up what needs to be done. I believe that there's not only a rest that he prepares for us, but it is a rest that was earned by Christ. John chapter 19, verse 30. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Because Jesus finished the work of salvation... There was a sign for him to do. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. And God, has a, God not only planned Jesus' earth mission, but he has planned our earth mission. And if you ever doubt that, just look back to Job chapter 14, verse 5, where Job confesses, since man's days are determined and the number of his months is with you, and you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass. God has set your course. God has laid out for, the, for you the things that you need to do. And he has set those boundaries. But we must always remember that we can never add to what Jesus has already finished. See, religion is all about what we do. And we as human beings would say, well, I need to do church attendance more. I need to do church offering more. I need to do penance more. I need to do service more. I need to do love more. The problem is is religion is all about what we do, but the Christian gospel is about what Jesus has done because he finished the work that was before him. Galatians chapter 3 puts it this way. Now it is evident, no one is justified before God by the law. You will not be justified by obeying commandments. Because Jesus has already finished the work, the righteous will live by faith. We put our faith that Jesus has paid it all. And there's nothing that we can add to our justification. And when we trust Him completely for faith, He will help us to finish the race that He has laid out before us. This has been my life verse since college. I am sure of this, that He, God, who began a good work in me and in you, that He who started it will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Because the reality is, is there are a lot of things that you would like me to do. There are things that my wife would like me to do. There are things that society would like me to do. But God is guaranteed he will bring to completion the things that he wants me to do. As we conclude this morning, I want to give you four clues that will help you to enjoy the rest that God has blessed for us. The first clue is this, and, and I don't have chapter verse, this is just kind of um, fortune cookie sayings. Number one, separate busyness from business. We dawdle away all sorts of time staying busy that doesn't contribute to a purpose. So separate your busyness from your business. Secondly, redeem the time. Focus on what matters. And so it's not, it's not good just to be busy, but I need to be busy about what matters to make the most of the time, make the most of the opportunities. Thirdly, trust God to bless the work of our hands. We all have had experiences where we did a project. Maybe it's dusting the living room. And it's such a nice day outside. We leave the windows open and what happens? A gust of wind and a cloud of dust moves over everything that we just did. We need to trust God to bless the work of our hands. And fourthly, realize that rest is a trusting reward for completion. Rest is a blessing when we can admit to others, to ourselves, to God, I did what you wanted me to do up to this point. And so I'm going to have a work stop. I'm going to hit the big red button until tomorrow. Hopefully... Each one of us will complete the race before us, as Paul said, by trusting in God's plan for us. Our final song this morning is number 405, if you want to follow along in the hymn books. Or you can direct your attention to the screen behind me as Gene comes to play.